Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Big night on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We've got a special guest coming up in just a little bit. We've got some, yes, believe it or not, some Jesse Bates, more Jesse Bates stuff to talk about. There's some Jersey talk and a remember when on the horizon. So we've got a lot of things to get to. Exciting, though, John, because you can tell us who the special guest is this evening. We've got we've got a good one. Yeah, a lot of things for what is normally the the deadest part of the offseason. <laughs> yeah. Like this is why they have the Emmys every year or like not the, the SPs, I should say. Yeah. There's nothing happening in sports. But our guest tonight is the second round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals this past draft. The highest player that they've ever traded up for, I believe, at least in recent memory. One Cam Taylor Brick, cornerback out of Nebraska. He's going to be joining us here in, in a couple minutes. We're going to get to some, some news and topics first, but pretty excited for this interview. Yeah, pretty excited. And we, you know, we're we're grateful for his time and and you know just excited about all of it. There's there's a lot of fun things and this was one of the things that we've been cooking up for a little while and uh, got to finally make it work. So we're we're going to be hearing from him in just a little bit here. Before we do, we just uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in. I know, like John said, it's a little bit of the doldrums in terms of the off season and whatnot, but we will you know we're going to keep trying to get you all kinds of cool stuff and do things do some cool things throughout the summer have some more guests and um you know hopefully have have some fun along the way that's that's what it's all about but again uh we're, we're appreciative to cam taylor Britt and his representation for giving us some time before we get there john i can't even believe it we're still here we are we're still uh, we're like a full year into the jesse bates thing right um and there is some news going on with Jesse Bates and I guess non-news. There was a report from Kelsey Conway, I believe, of the Cincinnati Inquirer. He put out kind of a cryptic social media message. So I don't know. To lay it on us. What's 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 the latest and greatest with Jesse Bates? And can we finally start closing the book on this? I mean, it's just good God. Right. I mean, <laughs> the, the book will be closed this time on Friday when that deadline passes. Yeah. The deadline being they have until 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday to reach a multi-year deal. After that, he is not eligible to sign any sort of contract other than the franchise tender, which in all likelihood he will eventually sign, but he probably won't come this week. And there could be some type of a holdout in training camp and preseason that follows that. But yeah, they basically have two more days to put together some deal, but we've heard nothing of the sort in terms of progress. And like you said, the report from since Kelsey Conway 
reporting that basically the status quo remains. Bates and the Bengals are far apart. Again, there's not been anything that would have probably brought them closer together other than the fact that in some cases, deadlines first action in this case, not so much. So, I, I mean, again, we've, we've, I feel like we've asked this question a ton of times over and over again, but is this something we need, we, we should feel surprised about, not surprised about? Should It sounds like even with this kind of, hey, you know, let's burn the midnight oil and trying to get squeeze this thing and get something done before the deadline, it just sounds like it's not happening. Surprise, not surprised, even as more and more time goes on. Because, you know, as this deadline approaches, John, you know that both sides try and play the leverage game. Then they then they get a little, you know, they, they get a little more aggressive. They get a little bit more eager to potentially get something done. Maybe they, they get a little more flexible. So I, I guess now that we're nearing that deadline, I mean, and we're hearing this sort of thing, are you surprised at all by that? I, I pretty much am not personally. No. But- yeah. No, the, the more time that passed, the more the, the market for the top tier safeties has increased. And I feel like in the cases where you have players who were tagged, but then they reach an agreement, like it's it's not as common as players who get tagged and then just play on the tag. But for players who end up signing extensions, I feel like w- in those cases, they aren't terribly far apart when they're tagged. And there's like a mutual agreement that there's a ballpark where they can find like a compromise. With this one, though, I mean, like you said, it's been a year and it never has felt like they were ever really close in terms of an average annual value and a guaranteed um, money value part of it. And I feel like as the AAV has risen, thanks to guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, that has only kind of furthered the gap because I don't think that they were ever really close when it came to the, like the signing bonus and that actually guaranteeing um, base salaries and putting money in escrow and everything. And we knew that that's never really been their type of thing. So... I mean, we've said this so many times, though, like Jesse Bates embodies everything that the Bengals want to value and want to retain and develop and all that stuff. But he is that caliber of player that will command a mega deal that unfortunately they just they just don't they just don't sign. They just don't offer really like guys like Sam Hubbard, Joe Mixon, like they they sign big deals in terms of total money. But you look at the actual guarantee parts of those contracts and it's not very much. It's not a lot compared to the other top players at those positions, Jesse Bates, and we can call out his reputation, or not not call out, but we can include his representation in this. They like to go for the, the guaranteed money. They like to reset, truly reset the market when it comes to the actual meat and bones, the money that they care about. And that's just the caliber player that he is. We all know it. He's that talented. He's an all pro for a reason. And unfortunately, the Bengals, they just don't really play in that field. I will say this, John. I've, I've kind of hesitated a little bit in terms of maybe relaying this, but one of our one of our listeners who has uh, some connections and has provided us with with connections with some former Bengals and whatnot, and one who has been on this show, um, and we'll have to maybe get him back on here to see if we can we can kind of corroborate this and whatnot. But um, Tim McGee, I think I, I have heard um, that he maybe thinks that the Bengals are going to get some some sort of deal done here as the weekends. That's at least what I was maybe told here this week by by one of our listeners. I don't know how accurate that is, and I haven't heard that directly from Tim myself. But um, you know, I, I I don't make of that what you will, I guess. But uh, I. You know, I don't. Tim works obviously with with the team and um, does does some post game analysis and whatnot. But um, you know, I I still don't. I, I not not to distrust any and anything there. I just I don't I don't know how this thing's going to get done based on how it's all played out, despite what people may think or may say. 
Yeah, I mean, Tim, I, w- I would assume knows more than me because he has a year in the actual building. He works with the team in, in some way, shape, or form. So I trust that he has heard something to that matter. And, and I don't blame the Bengals for being optimistic in that sense because they they normally bat pretty highly when it comes to retaining some of their top players. And, you know, sometimes like the deadline kind of creeps up on them. It's done so in terms of running up to the regular season when you're talking about guys who are extending off their rookie contract, not necessarily off the franchise tag. But unfortunately, like this has kind of been a trend for the Bengals. They typically don't extend players after they give them the tag. And I think we'd liked to have thought that this was kind of an exception because they've been trying to get this deal done for over a year now. Maybe the tag was kind of that last resort to kind of give them more time. But uh, unless they're willing to offer a deal that none of us are really expecting them to offer, I don't know. It's just It kind of seems more likely than not that Bates is going to be on the tag this year. Yeah, so that I mean that's kind of the latest and greatest. We'll see exactly what happens with it, but I think um, you know for now and as this week comes to a close, and likely you know the the inactivity that we're all kind of expecting, despite what some others may say may think about the situation. I just I think we can maybe start closing the book on that and kind of understanding that this is going to be a one year situation at least for the time being until something else happens here. But um, you know. That Bengals secondary with him in it is a lot better, and now they've added to it. They've got a lot of other players and brought back players, Eli Apple, and then, of course, Dax Hill, and the gentleman who uh, we'll be talking to in just a little bit here, Cam Taylor-Britt, coming coming to the Bengals. You know, we'll, they're going to – you know, they've added a lot to it. So there's a lot of talent there for at least right now, despite what's going on with Jesse Bates and his contract situation. Well – the other piece of news before before we get to the interview with Cam Taylor Britt, the other piece of news that's kind of been floating out there uh, with the you know the Cincinnati Bengals and whatnot. And I don't know if there's I, I, we were gonna maybe have a, a state your case on this, but I don't I don't really know how how staunch or whatever we feel about any of the potential options here. But the Bengals have some alternate uniforms that they're gonna unveil, and I think it, it coincides with the ring of honor candidates and all these kinds of things. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of speculation out there, John, there was a picture that I think has gone viral about black helmets on these racks, these black helmets with orange stripes type of thing. There is the talk of, you know, matching the whole white tiger outfit here. And we've got a little image that I think has been shown. I'll, I'll share that with everybody here. And this is kind of the one that I think a lot of people, I think more people may be clamoring for this one and or they think that this is maybe the option here. And this is, um, you know, kind of thrown around on different social media platforms. It's been shared so much. It's hard to know who to specifically give credit to on that. I think it might be Dalton, but I don't know. So um, I, at any rate, I don't want to discredit anybody, but that's that's one that's been kind of floating out there a little bit. So that's one design. I don't know what you think about that, but is that the one that you're leaning towards whether it's your preference or one that you think that that is going to be the one that they'll unveil. Right. So this is still the, the NFL, the, the no fun league. So even though we got some, <laughs> we, we, we got some progress there in terms of adding a secondary helmet, there are still some, some bylaws, I guess, in terms of what they can and can't do. So what's important to note here is that like an alternate helmet can be worn with an alternate uniform. So the Bengals alternate uniform is technically like the orange one. The Texans just revealed they have like a red, red battle one, yeah. red helmet, and they're going to wear that with the red jersey. So they can't wear that helmet more than like maybe once or twice a year. They have to wear it with whatever they designate to be like their alternate uniforms. Now, I think you can technically have multiple 
alternate uniforms. And the reason why I think the one we're seeing on the screen, the white base with the black stripes, the reason why I think that is ultimately going to be it, one, it's I think it's the clear, clear fan favorite, the one that most fans want to see. But also, I think it was interesting that last year, the only time the Bengals wore the white jersey, white pants with black stripes, and white socks was the game that you and I were actually at, Anthony. It was against the Minnesota Vikings week one. The, every, every other time they wore the white jerseys, they wore either black pants with white socks or the white and black pants with the black socks. So my thought is, if they're if they're going to go with this helmet, they would, again, they can only wear it like once or twice a year. I think they're already setting up the fact that the original color rush, the all-white combination with the white pants, shirt, and socks, I think they're setting that up to be an alternate, which would logistically make sense for this to happen. Because, again, the, the other helmets are you have, like, the retro one with the Bengals text on it. They could unveil retro uniforms and wear that once a year. That's a possibility. I think most a lot of fans are clamoring for the black helmet with the orange stripes. But, again, you would have to wear that with whatever you would designate your alternate uniform to be. And because the Bengals' primary uniform is the black jersey, I don't think that they would wear that black helmet with like the orange jersey. I, I think they would want to keep the orange on orange there. So in my mind, like this makes the most sense. This is probably what we can expect. They would obviously get free, you know, brownie points from all the fans because they love this look. But also, I think that would be their move to make the complete all-white uniform combination at least one of their alternates, and they can wear that once or maybe twice a year. So I've been getting a little bit of mixed emotions. I would say more the the more public ones I've been getting have been supportive, but there's been a couple. Uh, you know, when I shared this this one this option on Twitter, uh, there are some that do not like this option. And this, of course, the great Ken Anderson pictured there in the old school. I think our buddy Bengal Jim, who by the way had a an amazing program, not because I actually showed up on it but okay, zach okay. taylor zach taylor was on it uh amazing show sunday night and of course now he and his his pals are part of our cincy jungle podcast channel and they'll be doing sunday night shows and then in season tuesday night shows they've got a lot of cool things coming up so if you haven't checked that out yet on the podcast channel and or their youtube channel you got to go do that regardless i think bangle jim our buddy there calls that the pumpkin head that old helmet there with the with the lettering the old school now the the problem that i think a lot of and this is this was by design, folks. Paul Brown specifically designed this uniform to <laughs> stick it to his old employer. Um, the, the the problem that I think a lot of Bengals fans and maybe more you know current Bengals fans, not long time ones, have with this is the similarity to the Cleveland Browns look. So I don't, I you know, I don't know what you feel about this. I think it's just kind of cool. Um, I, I was kind of, I. I think I know a bit about Bengals history and I had some people on Twitter kind of remind me about something. The Bengals actually did wear this once in 1994. It was the 75th anniversary year. Uh, Klingler and company wore these on, I think it was week three against the Patriots. So I, you know, someone pointed that out to me on Twitter, which was kind of cool. But other than that, they have not gone back to this uniform combination. I don't know what you think about this. We're partial to Ken Anderson because he's been kind to us on this show. Um, so I, I kind of would like to see this as kind of the alternate thing. You've seen the, the Steelers honeybee thing. You've seen the grotesque Packers ones. That's what is that like brown and blue or I, I can't remember what that, or maybe that's the old Jets one. I, I can't even remember. Some of them are kind of crazy, but a lot of browns, like a lot of brown colors in like yeah, the yeah. Games, you know, yeah, not, not ideal, but I, I feel sorry for the people who associate 
this uniform with Dave Klingler. Yeah, I know. You can't do that. There's no way. Because, yeah. I mean, that's possible. Like, you, you may not – like, I wasn't old enough to see this uniform live, and maybe people who, you know, were diehard Bengals fans in the 90s remember the game that Klingler wore it in 94. But to, to me, I remember Elizabeth Blackburn told us when they were unveiling the uniforms that uh, her grandfather, Mike, like, he's still very partial to – like this getup, like the black jersey and the white pants, because obviously he grew up with it. That was the uniform that his dad picked out. So that's why that combo remains like the team's primary uniform. That's why they wore it in the Super Bowl. That's just what they've always been doing for the past 55 years or whatever. So like it, it would make sense that this could be a new look. Like I think I think it would look sharp with like a Nike type of like redo. I think it would look pretty sleek. It's It's simple. I don't. The, the, the thing with like the Browns resemblance to me is that every time I see a picture of these uniforms, they don't look like they're completely black jerseys. They almost look like they got some type of a brown tint. And maybe that's just because they're old pictures. Like I never saw them with my own eyes. So I would love to see what they would look like in, in like a, in a modern sense w- with my own eyes. Cause I think they would look pretty clean. Yeah. And I know Ken, we've, we've kind of briefly touched on it when Ken's been on the show and, uh, he, you know, he's, he really likes that pumpkin head. I think if you support the Ken Anderson Alliance, there's maybe a cool, dual helmet thing you can get where it's like one side's the stripes and one side's the old school bangle one i remember him kind of talking about that we'll have to we'll have to check that out but um i just you know just from the tradition standpoint i i kind of jokingly was like hey you know he kind of he being paul brown came up with this concept as a a jab to his his former employer there so it's kind of like you know why not make this uh, why not wear it on the home game where you host the browns uh, it may be too much. It may be too alike. It may be too, but it's just it's kind of like you know, really, really go back, go back to the Battle of Ohio and, look, and go to this look. I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of partial to this. I like the white. I like the white tiger concept that we just talked about. I'm partial to this just because, especially now, like you mentioned, Elizabeth Blackburn and the family is kind of talking about traditions and doing different things, and then of course. Now, you know, they're doing the Ring of Honor. I, I just feel like this maybe kind of goes in line with uh, with some of that stuff. Yeah, I feel like if the Browns were still the original Browns, they were owned by like the Medell family, that would that would sting a little bit more. Um, but yeah, um, also, I, I think it's funny, too, because the Bengals social media definitely caught on to a lot of people hyping this up. I think like on three separate occasions, they, they teased people with like their Twitter. Account. Yeah, they were. Yeah. It's like announcement coming. Right, Green Honors next week, or like big news partnership with Bedford Sports. Right, right. we can assume that something good's coming. Yeah, Uh, so we'll we'll see. There's one other alternative here, and I'm gonna. I I don't know if this is the best picture of it. Um, I'll try and bring this up for you here for everybody to. But the only other alternative that I can maybe see, and I don't know if they would go this route. I think here's what I think, John. I think it may go that whatever they do here may coincide with some of the ring of honor candidates that are going in this year. And, and some of the most likely based on their pro bowls, their achievements with the team, et cetera, I, I would think, you know, I mean, there's many, many worthy players on there, but some of them that uh, come top of mind and we've talked about Corey Dillon, Willie Anderson, Chad Johnson, right? So what, what would you think about this one being a possibility going to let me see if I can pull this up here might be a little blurry here, but this is uh, that's old Brian Simmons there. Um, yeah. I should have pulled up Takeo spikes, but the tiger on the shoulder, the numbers on the upper shoulder pads, you got the striping that kind of goes back to the eighties a little bit, the stripe, you know, it's that, it's that pre 2004 uniform concept where they got real funky with stuff. 
Um, these ones kind of went through, I think like champion made one, one of these, this style, I think Puma did. And then I, I can't remember if it was Wilson or what, what have you it went through a couple of different companies, but do, any possibility, any realm of reality, wherein you think that this is something that they would do. I, I think so. Um, I, I know that they still have the tiger head that like that asset and logo, like that's still like their property and they still use it. From time to time, I don't know about like the the full blown tiger. I, I feel like we haven't seen that on like any official team merchandise or or advertisements. So maybe they were they would replace the like the the leaping tiger with just the tiger head, but it wouldn't look the same. Like this jersey's iconic. I feel like very rarely do you have uniforms that are beloved by every football fan. And I don't know if I've ever run into a fan talking about this jersey or this uniform combo that didn't like it. Like this is universally loved. And I think in the near future, they should definitely bring this back hundred percent. Yeah. It's a cool one. It's a cool concept. I don't know that they'll do it, but uh, I, you know, I just, I, how does, I don't know. I, I don't, it just be, there's a couple of different options here that just seem to be kind of cool. And like I said, I know um, I, our buddy Mike had sent me a text about the, the black helmets. I've, we've seen that image, I think floating around on Twitter with the, with the orange stripes not sure if that's going to be part of it, like you said, but I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, the black helmet with the orange stripes works because, like, their black jersey just has the orange stripes, so it it's consistent, like the orange helmet and the orange jersey is. And again, like that could be a possibility. Maybe they make the all black like a new alternate, but I don't know. I, I feel like there's too much momentum ever since the color rush jerseys came out in 2016. There's been just nonstop clamoring about an extra helmet, the white helmet, to complete the look because everyone loves the color rush even with the orange helmet, but everyone knows they could just look that much better with a full white and black helmet. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to get to the main event here in just a second. We're going to, we're going to chat with Cam Taylor, Britt Bengals, 2022 second round pick. Before we do, just want to remind folks that you can get this stuff that we have on the YouTube channel from the Orange and Black Insider. You can subscribe by clicking the icon beneath John, beneath that SB Nation logo, that Cincy Jungle logo there on the bottom right-hand side of your screen. Subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, all of that. And um, we, we, we're going to be pumping out different stuff. We did unveil a new thing called Bengal Biographies. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, please do. We'll be embedding that, I think, on some Cincy Jungle posts too. So if you haven't had a chance yet to check that out, please do. We're going to be bringing you more interviews and whatnot. And of course, now, as I mentioned, Bengal Jim and friends talking football, joining the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, along with Matt Minnick's coach speak and chalk talk in our show, trying to give you stuff all throughout the week, a lot of different stuff and a lot of different interviews, appearances, all that kind of stuff. But you got to go subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, you got to go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel as well through your favorite streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones, we are there. So um, you got you to gotta go do that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to Cam. All right. Okay. So as teased, and uh, we're very excited about it, Cam Taylor-Britt, the Bengals' second-round pick in 2022, is joining us on the Black Insider since you jungle.com. Cam, great to have you with us. And I know you're busy. You got your, your autograph hand going busy today. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. What's What's going on? Man, nothing much down here in Atlanta. Uh, training right now until we you know go back. Uh, we leave leave the twenty third. We need to be you know report back up there, but not just getting it in until you know that time comes. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll, we're going to talk about a lot, and I guess we'll kind of go a little bit in chronological order, right. if you will, in terms of you know kind of your your journey to the NFL, your journey to the Bengals, and whatnot. And, of course, Cam is joining us thanks to Sports Trust Advisors, the great people there uh, hooking us up and, and linking us with Cam Taylor Britt here. Just let's let's talk a little bit, if you can, Cam, about the your, your draft preparation and, and leading up to the draft. You know, obviously a lot of workouts, a lot of different things. But what was just that entire process like for you kind of turning, going from that college to pro transition? And then, of course, you know, what what was kind of the – the first inklings you got that the Bengals were interested and in, heavily interested in you in the, in that pre-draft process. Okay. Yeah. Well, it kind of just started out in Dallas where I was training the excels uh, under Brent Calloway working on, you know, my speed training and everything down there. Uh, he's a great coach. So I wanted to get under him. You know, I seen the guys that he had before and just were blazing fast and that's what I needed. Um, at the time I wasn't, you know, too much worried about the athletic part. It was more, you know, that long speed and, you know, just getting out there and showing the coaches that I can run. No, I believe, you know, I, I did that. I had the opportunity to showcase that at the combine, but also, you know, just during practices at uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl where, you know, we had the opportunity to be in front of numerous of coaches and scouts and, you know, just everybody, uh, even the fans there. Uh, and it was a great opportunity. Uh, but leading up to the draft, it was just honestly just chills just because uh, we did have a great visit uh, when I was on my top 30 with the Bengals. 
uh, me and Coach Burks just had the realest conversation that, you know, I've, I've had with a coach besides my coach uh, at Nebraska, Coach Fisher, and that, you know, I kind of needed that. And when my, I heard my name called, you know, just got the call anyway uh, from Coach Taylor. It was like a dream, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, I wouldn't, I told my my friends that I wouldn't switch any positions with them as uh, far as the the places they got drafted because I'm happy where I'm at. For sure, man. Like, I think a lot of players who are kind of young into the league, like their second and third years, they always look back at the rookie season as the just the nonstop year because you go straight from college to training for the draft and then mini camp, and now it's kind of like your only downtime right before the season. How have you kind of managed that? Have you, like, talked to people about how to manage this, this nonstop year that you have going on? Man, most definitely. I talk to, you know, the older guys all the time uh, on the team, and they just let me know that, you know, everybody went through it. Uh, and I, you have to understand that you're not the only person that has to, you know, have extra meetings just because you're a rookie. Uh, you, you start from the bottom of the totem pole again. You're not in college anymore, and you have to, you know, expect that and respect it at that um, because that's how the game goes. Talking with Cam Taylor, Brett Bengals, 2022 second round pick, uh, joining us thanks to Sports Trust Advisors. We're stoked to be talking with him. A little bit of his draft process, his time, his short time so far with the Bengals and what's ahead for him. You know, I, I, I talked, I asked you a little bit about, you know, the lead up to the draft and preparing and all of that. Obviously, you know, you talked about your speed and and you weren't really wor- worried about where you were in terms of athleticism and stuff. But I mean, is there a specific, are there some specific things when you're working out where you're saying, hey, we're, we're doing these sp- specific drills just because it's the combine and these things are, are looked at so diligently by teams at this specific event and your pro day as well. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that. And if you would, what, what kind of weird questions were you at? We, I, I always like to hear, were you asked any weird questions? You don't have to say the team if it was the Bengals oh, or whoever else. That'd be preferable yeah. though. Yeah. If you, if you want to, you can, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm always curious, just kind of that process and just some of the, the odd questions maybe that, that players get asked during that process. Man, the questions were kind of crazy, you could say. <laughs> they did ask a lot. They asked about, you know, your parents and things. They asked about someone that, you know, you're friends with in 2006. I was, like, I was six years old. How do you know about me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, it, you know, it was just some of those questions that you wouldn't expect from somebody that you just met that knows your whole life story. And that's how it kind of goes, you know, you, you're in those uh, informal meetings and formal meetings and they have everything they need to know about you. They just want to see if you're going to tell the truth. So I got a quote from you from an athletic article that was about a year ago. You said, quote, about leaving or staying in Nebraska for your senior year. I didn't have a season worthy of leaving. I've got a chip on my shoulder right now. And I would say this chip is that I didn't play to my ability. I know people may say that I played well, but I feel like I've got a lot more in me. What, what was the thought process of coming back to Nebraska? And where would you say that you're most improved now compared to where you were last year going into your final season? It's just been the most comfortable I've been, you know, playing football. Uh, it started off sophomore year, you know, just getting thrown in the fire. And then uh, junior year came up and I was, you know, still trying to get the hang of it. But it wasn't like my best. And I knew that for a fact, you know, and to leave early and, Enter the draft that year wasn't going to be the best decision for me. I, you know, I feel like I would have made it, but it wouldn't have been in the second round, you know, and I had the opportunity to be, you know, drafted then, and I'm grateful for that. I want to I wanna play this for you, Cam. Uh, this is kind of the little 
I, I teased you before we took, you know, we, we got you on the air here, uh, that I've got a little surprise for you. I'm sure you've seen this video clip, but I want to play it with you because my, my question is, and it's probably a cliched question, but I, I kind of like the the one about what, what teams ask you during the pre-draft process. I want to know a little bit about what was the myriad of emotions and what was maybe the most prevalent emotion when you got this call and the subsequent announcement. Hello. Cam, Coach Taylor at the Bengals. Hey, how you doing, Coach? You ready to come to Cincinnati? Man, let's make it happen. All right, man. We're going to submit your name right now. Yes, sir. All right. We're excited about you. Can't wait to get you back over here, okay? Just about two man, weeks we saw you. We're fired up. Yes, sir. Let's get to work, man. All right, man. See you soon. Yes, sir. <laughs> So, so they're st- the Bengals were obviously stoked to get you, and they obviously they moved up to get you and everything. So yes, we know yes. that. But uh, you know, you kind of you dropped your head a little bit. Is it relief? Is it this? Is it just a you know this is all of the hard work paying off? I mean, what what's kind of going through your mind? Obviously, there's a lot of emotions. You're there with your friends and family. But I just wanted to share that video. I, I came across it again recently, and I thought it was so cool. And just if you can just kind of share a little bit of what was going through your mind when you got that call from Coach Taylor. Uh, I saw Cincinnati on the the call. So I was like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of hesitant to answer the phone, knowing, you know, the whole night we're waiting on the phone to ring. And when it rings, I'm like, oh, here it goes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just chills running all the way through my body. And, you know, everybody just get really quiet. And I put the phone. You know, to me here, and I, I hear the voice, and once I hear the voice, I just knew what it was. Uh, and just to hear that name uh, that the, of the team, you know, and just the run that they just came off of and the guys that they have on the team, uh, not even knowing, you know, the relationship that we have now would even happen. Uh, just grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, it was relief. You can say that, you know, I'm getting my family and myself in a better position, you know, to win in every uh, aspect in life. and. I kind of started it off right there. You know, we have a lot more to go. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask you about that. Like, what were your impressions about, if you had any impressions about the Bengals before this past season? Did you follow, like, their run to the Super Bowl? And, like, how did that kind of change once you, like, saw them go into the playoffs and then entering the draft process? Yeah, I feel just like kind of everybody was on to those guys, you know, just watching you just because the the guys they do have on the field and their playmakers uh, go against them every day and they're – Playmakers for sure, uh, but you know, just seeing those guys, you know, fight through the season. Uh, I didn't get a chance to, you know, watch every game, but the games that I did watch, it was always I was like, I uh, mean, you know, everybody watched playoff football, NFL football, and you know, I was logged in, tuned into that, uh, just making sure, you know, because I had to see what teams, you know, <laughs> I had the opportunity, you know, to be here, but I just didn't know where I would end up, uh, so I was just. Watching those guys talking with Cam Taylor Brett Bengals 2022 draft pick. Happy to be chatting with him, hopefully, for a couple more minutes. If you're cool on time, Cam, I want to be considerate of that. Um, you know, that that kind of segues nicely into another question I, I had for you as we kind of look ahead to now. You are a Bengal, we've talked about the draft and all that. You are a Bengal, you've done some workouts with them, signed the contract, the whole deal. Training camp is around the corner. So uh, I assume, you know, my question is, what has you kind of most excited about the team or and, and you being on it? I think 
I, I don't want to answer my own question for you, but I would think that one of the elements has to be the fact that you're going to a team that just made the Super Bowl among many others. And we'd probably like to hear about what, what's got you jazzed up about going into training camp. Most definitely that. And just the guys in the locker room, a lot of people don't get to see, you know, the way that they act. And, you know, they, of course, everybody, we put on the, you know, the, the athletic role and we're outside of, you know, the locker room. But when we're in the locker room, they're there. They're being themselves and everybody doesn't get to see that. And I'm so grateful that I'm in this, you know, this light right here with those guys because, you know, it's not the the team to, you know, I guess down the rookies or do anything that really help us out in any way possible. And that goes for the offensive guys, helping defensive guys and defensive guys helping offensive guys. You know, even the special teams guys like step in, you know, and say what they need to say just so, you know, that we know everybody is on our side. So that's how it kind of goes, you know, with us. Yeah, so you had rookie mini camp a couple months ago. You guys drafted a lot of speed, including you. You got a lot of speed in that backfield now. Yep. Do you guys, do you guys have a race between you and Dax and uh, Tyson Anderson? <laughs> Talked about that. We're gonna we're gonna set it up, you know. Here, right. we're gonna make something happen for you. Yeah, we had a, we had that. One of our listeners actually asked that when we when we promoted the fact that you're going to be appearing on that. So that was a good question from from Greg <laughs> there that we had to we had to ask. Yeah, I mean, That's great. Do, you, do you remember years ago? I mean, I don't know how closely you paid attention to the Bengals years ago, but do you remember when Chad Ochocinco raced the racehorse? Remember oh, that whole I remember deal? That. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if you got that in your future, no, but maybe, Chad Ochocinco's been you know viral a lot, you know. So <laughs> most definitely, I saw it. Uh, you know, going into, uh, training camp and everything, what, what do you think, what's been kind of expressed to you from the coaches, Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo, uh, coach Burks, et cetera. I mean, what, what's been expressed to you in terms of immediate role, future role, there's a lot of depth, a lot of former high picks in that, in that secondary that are hanging out in that, you know, in those position groups there. So what, what have they kind of expressed to you in terms of opportunity? immediate role, future role, and, and um, you know, how are you kind of approaching that? I'm approaching it, you feel me, like every day is a new day. Uh, you have to come in and work, and I kind of want to get that in my head early because you know, a lot of rookies, they don't come in, you know, focus. So I want to go in and ask every question possible, you know, just because, you know, we do have those older guys in the room that will help out anytime. Uh, we have, you know, Eli, Cheeto, uh, Vaughn Bell, J.C. Bates, you, you, I can go on and on, uh, and that's a, a a backfield right there. Um, as far as starting, you know, rolling anything, uh, yes, boundary corner where I'll be rotating, you know, or anything, but there's no, you know, on the say right now because, you know, the season isn't here. Um, but going through training camp, they've been saying, you know, everything full speed. It doesn't matter, you know, you mess up, we'll fix it right now, but don't continue to mess up on the same thing. Uh, you're in the NFL for a reason, and there aren't too many hiccups because you mess it up, there's a touchdown, especially on the back end. Uh, and just technique-wise, that's one thing that we do focus on. We don't do a lot, you know, what the other teams do, you know. Uh, it, it's really kind of cool and calm, you know, where they really want us to work on our technique, make sure to vert, like, talking across the field is is great and not allowed. Everybody's getting it. You know, it's just not thrown at us right now. It's really kind of – making sure that we get it, you know, before they move on to something else. So you just are you just gonna be IDing Stanley Morgan wherever he's on the wire wherever he's on, on the every field, you just gonna line up against him? <laughs> every time. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Most do you get more wins and losses in in minicamp? Like did you keep track of that? I didn't, but I didn't lose a lot. 
Sounds like he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a little score sheet. You can tell. You can tell. Come on yeah, now. A little bit. Nah. <laughs> um, what do you what do you think you're working on the most in terms of uh honing skills and whatnot going into training camp? What's kind of the thing? I mean, obviously you're you're a very talented guy, you got a lot of athleticism, and uh the future is very, very bright for you. But I mean Everybody's got to work on something, right? Okay. So what, uh, what what do you think you're kind of specifically working on as you get going into training camp? Uh, just transitioning out of my break fast as possible. Uh, my, I've always kind of just said that just because I feel like, you know, there should be no false steps in that break. Uh, and even just being so, you know, fluid. I want to be, you know, very smooth in my back pedal and even just getting out of my breaks uh, so I can come back downhill fast as possible um, before the receiver gets out. Um, also, I had LASIK eye surgery, so, you know, high pointing the ball, making sure that I'm actually using these beautiful eyes I have now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it was kind of tough, you know, but um, what else? And as far as, like, besides the field stuff, uh, this playbook, you have to get it down packed. And I try to talk to my teammates all the time, you know, get little hints and stuff like, uh, you know, how would you look at this right here? And they'll tell me how they played it know what helps him you know and what didn't help him so you know I asked some of the guys you know about that stuff as well yeah, just last question for me cam do you have any like specific like stack goals or just like any playing time goals or like most looking to accomplishing as a rookie I should just being the best teammate I can be for this team I want to come in and contribute to anything that possible that can help this team win uh, and, and I'm not just saying, you know, starting corner or starting safety, anything. Uh, the special teams, if I can make an impact there and, you know, help this team in the biggest way possible, I'm going to do it. I kind of said this at Nebraska, and I wanted to, you know, continue doing that because that's who I am, and I don't want to you know, be that guy who doesn't want to play special teams. Last last one for me, Cam, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. Appreciate your time. Um, it just just kind of a fun one. I mean, we talked about Ocho racing the horse, and we know about AJ Green, and we found out that he likes to juggle, and he's very good at. Well, what's something that the fans don't know? I, I didn't know about the LASIK thing. I'm um, not that that's a fun fun thing or a hobby or anything, but like, what's what's like something about you that fans should know about you in terms of like, hey, this is a passion of mine. This is something I do outside of football, or just some other things. I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> kind of helped me. He said 2K. Uh, one thing I do, you know, outside of football, uh, I like to chill a lot. So, yes, get on the game, and I'm on the game for hours. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. It's a long time. Like, I'll right. look up, I'll be like, oh, I got to go to bed. Like, <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting reckless because we'll be on a 15-game streak. And, it's you know, when you're winning like that in those games for guys, uh, it, it's just really fun. So that's probably about it, though. All right. Well, we won't divulge uh, for privacy's sake. We won't divulge your gamer tag or anything like that. <laughs> we good. We good. You know? <laughs> Only if they good, you know. But we can't. We can't be losing all night. <laughs> uh, well, Cam, this has been an absolute pl- pleasure. I know you're super busy, and uh, we appreciate you carving out the time. No, no blown smoke here. You can roll back the tape. And I, sure. I don't want to upset other draft picks in the class, but you were my personal favorite that the Bengals selected in terms of value, skill set, need, everything kind of coming together. So this one's personally special to me for you coming on our show and, and talking with us. So uh, we, we wish you the best of luck ahead, man. I know good things are ahead. So thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Man, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right,
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. That's Cam Taylor Britt joining us on the Orange Black Insider. Fun times talking about him. Biggest takeaways here, John. Uh, first of all, my favorite my favorite question that was asked was was the Stanley Morgan stuff that you asked him about. <laughs> that, that was my that was my personal favorite. And uh, the one thing I found the most interesting, the LASIK thing. I did not I did not know about that. Um, that wasn't really talked about. I don't think uh, with, with a lot of different things. I, at least the, not that I noticed. Well, it didn't get the pub that Jameis Winston's operation did because the yeah. whole throwing or. Thirty interceptions. Oh, now I can see clearly, but <laughs> right, right. can't hurt. I mean, playing with contacts. I've I've never worn contacts, thankfully, so I, I can't imagine it's it's tremendously easy from time to time. You could probably lose some, so I I would hope that it makes I hope I would hope it makes things a lot smoother for him. But yeah, I mean, he's only been through one rookie mini camp, and it, it really is kind of a grind for these guys. Like he went from Nebraska, he probably graduated right into NFL draft prep, and it's just a, a gnarly process all the way to April. And then right from the draft, you go into camp and then you're at camp for a month. And, you know, he's got to take advantage of this time right now in Atlanta training because the, the grind's not going to stop for him. Yeah. And, hey, thanks to his his representation over at Sports Trust Advisors. Um, you know, we've been working on this for a while and they have been very communicative. And even when we were like, hey, you know, can he can he come on at this point? And they were not yet, but. You know, we'll definitely work with you guys. And, they, and true to their word, they they worked with us and, and carved out some availability. And thank you to Cam, too, because, you know, he's he's signing all kinds of stuff right now and, and took some time out to talk with us. So we definitely appreciate that. So Jarius, Jamie and Julia over at Sports Trust Advisors, thanks so much for helping us set that up. The the Jays, the J crew there um, setting it up for us. We appreciate that. And man, just that's really really like just nice down to earth good good seemingly good guy you know and and i think you can tell when the Bengals talk about character and when they have these sit downs with people and you you can see the interactions like that where it's just it's not it's not forced nice it's just a real genuine authentic guy that's nice and and likes football and just is doing his thing you know yeah 100 percent. i feel like there's a lot of cliches about guys who are you know, great character guys or guys who want to do the most in terms of always being always participating always you know putting putting yourself out there but i feel like he kind of stays true to that i, w- I hope that baker mayfield's not listening because you know he, he got in trouble for playing a bunch of video games during the week they were supposed <laughs> to start so cam just 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 watch 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 what you say about that i know joe mixon is on 2k and, and madden a lot maybe you'll get some yeah. games in with him but 
yeah. I'm, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking out for you. I'm looking temper, out for you. temper it down with with preseason and training camp. Right? Maybe maybe dial it down <laughs> a little bit. Um, but no, a great great guy. When we're we're stoked to have had an opportunity to talk, he gave us like 20 minutes. It's awesome. So uh, I don't know if you saw in that video, John. There was a specific jersey hanging out that the interview there that the the jersey that was behind him. Did you did you happen to notice that? There was it one. It was Keith Brooking I saw. It was another yeah, that's one. one. <laughs> did you see the other one that was right behind him? It was, it was, Gar- it was a 40, Garrison 49ers Hurst. Yeah, Garrison yes. Hurst. It was Garrison Hurst. And Garrison Hurst was one of the guys we did a remember when on. Was that last week or the week prior? I can't remember. The, the time is flying by and, and days are blending together. Regardless, Garrison Hurst was a remember when. We've got another remember when. And guess what, John? It centers around a Bengals running back for a, a time. And look, the Bengals have, even in their dry periods, we know that they have had high profile and high producing running backs. And, you know, you can go back to Pete Johnson and, you know, all the way before him, we had Charles Alexander, a guy who was an integral piece to get them to the Super Bowl in the early 80s. And we had him on the show, great guy. And then obviously James Brooks, one of the best to do it. And you've got Corey Dillon. We've talked about him, Rudy Johnson, all of these guys just, and, and even when they swung for the fences there, sometimes it didn't work. Kenny Irons in the second round, Kajana Carter, obviously, um, injuries derailed both of those guys. But now again, Joe Mixon, they, they know how to draft running backs. They know how to draft wide receivers and they know how to draft running backs. That is for sure. So there's a guy, John, in between in an era between both of those guys. I'm going to I'm going to show you a picture of this guy. And I'm curious to know if if you're going to recognize this guy or not. Uh, and this was a guy that was in between an a different period of time for the team and this number 20 wore that 28 wore it before dylan did and he was a guy that not a lot of people talk about in terms of Bengal history Bengals running backs all of that because he's wedged in between james brooks and kajana carter Corey, Corey dylan and he played for the team for a handful of years and was pretty productive this is harold green uh, a running back that played for them and was a guy that was on, unfortunately, a lot of those lousy teams in the early and mid-90s. David Klingler was his quarterback throughout much of the time. I think through you know 92 through 94, 95. He did have the tail end of Jeff Blake before he left the team. Um, did have Boomer in the 92 season. But that was about it. And Harold Green, I, a lot of people don't know this. Harold Green, John, was a pro bowler with the Bengals. And this in the 90s? In the 90s, Harold Green was a Pro Bowl player with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I will show you exactly what I mean here. Here is his career stats. Just a guy, again, that nobody talks about this, of course, is courtesy of Pro Football Reference. You look at it here. Um, here's here's the Pro Bowl campaign in 92. The team was pretty awful. Look at the year, 1,170 yards. Only had two touchdowns on the ground. Um, did have... 41 catches that year as well, 214 yards, but a guy that just was a do-it-all back for them, 13, almost 1,400 yards from scrimmage, um, two, you know, two touchdowns, only one fumble away there, made, made the Pro Bowl and was a guy that was valuable to this team during a very dry spell. You can see there he was with the team for six years and then finished off with the Rams and, and the Falcons respectively at the end there. Didn't do much. You know, obviously they tried as we get down to – to these years he's gone, but 
Um, they ended up splitting carries. I mean, there's guys in here, Derek Fenner and and others that kind of worked with him, but had that had that nice season with the Bengals. And you see early on, I mean, they labeled him as a fullback early, but I mean, over four point, you know, four yards per carry, limited limited carries a little bit, had a nice year in 91. And then that big year with 4.4 yards per carry for the Cincinnati Bengals there. So a guy that was pretty productive in one, John, that actually, I'm going to share one more graphic with you. It, you know, you, you think of the big names. I mentioned a bunch of them. Let's go once again to Pro Football Reference. Here are the top rushing leaders in Bengals history. And look who's number seven. Um, you know, behind the guys that got a boatload of carries, a boat, you know, all of that. I mean, look at the yardage leaders at 37-27. Split time a lot with the team. But this is where I think a lot of people don't think about him because he just didn't get, get into the end zone often right? Um, the others definitely deep into double digits. You look at Pete Johnson, the touchdown machine, Corey Dillon up there. James Brooks was in the end zone all the time, whether it was catching the ball or running the ball, but here he is. I mean, he's above Gio Bernard seventh on the Bengals all-time rushing list. So Harold green, remember when Harold green played for the Bengals and made a pro bowl. Of course. I don't remember because who, who watches the Bengals in the nineties? Like, hold on, hold on a second. This dude was a fullback for two years. He averaged four and a half yards per carry. He was big. Because he didn't get the ball very much because he was a fullback for some reason. Then they list him as a running back, and he makes a Pro Bowl under Dave Shula? That should count as like four (laughs) Pro Bowls. Uh, Of course he didn't Uh, score a lot. The Bengals didn't score touchdowns in the 90s. That's crazy. Right. Well, yeah, that's a great point. Just in general, he didn't get in the end zone because they didn't get in the end zone. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a be weird if he had 10 touchdowns in the year and they still only won like four games. But he was but he was mixing mixing esque in size, six two, two twenty plus. Um, and you know, a guy that just did a lot of things for the team and you know, was a a guy who caught passes again out of out of South Carolina, was drafted in nineteen ninety and overshadowed a lot because of who was in the league at that time. But, um, you know, again, just a guy that not a lot of people talk about, but he was actually pretty decent in terms of the team and all-time all time records and everything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Getting that getting that Pro Bowl nod under David Shula, that in itself is a, is a it's thing. A, it's a monumental worth. achievement. <laughs> I, I am curious, like – why the drop in terms of yards per carry was so stark now obviously i don't imagine his offensive lines were very good but that's that drop from 4.4 to 2.7 it's kind of interesting because like i feel like they gave him a similar amount of workload and just didn't really click and they kind of slowly built his way back up up until he became a st louis ram and still nine years in the league for running back at any point time in football history is pretty impressive so my hat is tipped to him for sure yeah harold green Go look him up. Not a not a guy that he gets talked about. Doesn't get a lot of pub from the from the team itself, but a guy who was productive for the team. Remember when Harold Green was a running back for the Bengals for six seasons and made a Pro Bowl with him in his third one. So Harold Green, if you're out there somewhere, reach out to us. I think he was doing some coaching and different stuff too. Now uh, past past, we would days, love so. all the '90s Bengals stories. Let's. Oh us. my God, yeah. Please yes. come on. We'd we'd love to we'd love to hear that. Um, hey, so. Let's let's drop the mic and get out of here. We're we're going a, a tiny bit shorter than we usually do, but we had some fun talking with Cam Taylor Britt just a little bit ago. We have some people. Where's Cam? Well, you join late if you're asking now. You got to go rewind or rewatch the entire show. 
Um, we had about 20 minutes or so with him, which was awesome. And uh, so anyway, let's drop the mic and get out of here, John. Yes. Thanks to Jared Collins for correcting pro football reference. Apparently Green was never a fullback. So, you know, bad marks to PFR. Well, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I know, he wasn't um, He wasn't like a blocking fullback. I think he was right. more just kind of their power back. I don't know why they labeled him fullback. His fullbacks were different back then. They were used yeah. more. So maybe it was not it was, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I forgot last week, shame on me, to give a shout out to my mom. It was her it was her birthday uh, this past Thursday. So happy belated birthday to my mom and happy early birthday to my dad, who, whose birthday is a week from now as of this recording. So a lot of a lot of July birthdays here in Cincinnati. Yeah, there's uh, there is a lot of July birthdays. I, I know I've got some family members as well that have July birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So um, at any rate, yeah, happy birthday to the Sheerans, Mr. and Mrs. Sheeran. Happy birthday from me to you. So, um, yeah, at any rate, we're working on some other stuff. Can't really divulge too much about it yet, but we've got some other interviews and other things that we're hopefully trying to, to get going. And then we're going to try and maybe do something creative like we did last year with the unveiling of the inaugural class of the the Ring of Honor. We're going to maybe try and do something. Uh, I don't know. We'll try and do something, uh, whether it's appearances charity rally, whatever it may be, we're going to try and do that again. So we appreciate your support, raised thousands of dollars, plural, last year for a, a couple of a few great charities. So maybe we'll be trying to do something like that again and have some appearances, prizes, all that good stuff. And we can, we hope we can count on all of you as well for your support. But John, thank you for what you do for the show. And uh, thank you to Cam Taylor Britt and the Sports Trust Advisor crew there that gave us some time with him. Yeah, don't thank me. You're the one who brought Taylor Bird on here. You're the one attracting all these live listeners. And shout out to Dalton for that amazing graphic he made promoting oh, the show sweet. out of nowhere. Like Dalton, you, you've, you've got to have better things to do in your life than, than promote this show. But shout out to him. And also uh, because it wasn't a part of the of the interview recording. Like right before, like we pressed record. Like I don't think Taylor Britt knew that like we could hear him. But he like commented on like the screen that you can see and like the background and everything. He like, did. He said, he's like that, that's that's pretty cool. We like kind of overheard him. We started laughing. But I mean, Dalton, Cam, Cam Taylor Bird likes your style because Dalton yeah. did design our whole aesthetic. Yeah. And if you need graphic design work, go see the guy Dalton for sure at Dalton Signature. We're gonna get out of here, ladies and gents. And we are so happy that you have joined us. And we can't uh, we can't thank you enough for the support of the program. We will talk to you soon, bring you all kinds of different stuff, like I said. So keep it to Cincy Jungle for your news, opinions, analysis, and podcasts. Our YouTube channels, go subscribe at the little icon below that SB Nation icon there. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. Now having Bengal Jim and friends talking football on the channel as, long, as well as our show and Matt Mannix, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk, all part of that there. Thanks, everybody. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Have a good week, John. See you, man.